Hi, this is Materially Speaking, where artists tell their stories through the materials they choose. We're 30 miles north of Pisa and 15 miles south of the Marble Mountains of Carrara, near a town called Pietra Santa, nicknamed Little Athens because of its tradition for carving marble. Today I'm talking to Christian Lang, sculptor and artisan who realises work for artists. He also runs sculpting workshops, and whenever I cross his path, he seems to have at least two apprentices at his side, lapping up his knowledge. We meet at his studio, Cooperativa, on the edge of Pietra Santa, which has shelves of historical gessos up its walls. Outside, marble chunks are waiting to be claimed, and opposite, two men with a block of marble suspended between them on a hoist are measuring carefully to see if the model they want to carve will fit inside the block of marble. I watch them argue while Christian answers his students' questions and checks they have enough to do before we leave for lunch. He waves an air blower over his body to remove the dust, and away we go. We're talking at the Crociverdi, which is an archi, a workers' association where members can buy a simple but inexpensive meal. Trestle tables fill a small outside area shaded with trees. As usual, we find the same familiar faces of other artists and greet them. There's a lot of table hopping. My name is Christian Lange, Christian Lange. I was born in Germany in a small village close to Frankfurt. And then after my, my, my school, I moved first to Frankfurt to make my civil service and then farther, further south to Freiburg, where I've made my apprenticeship as a stonemason at the uh, Münsterbauhütte, which is a fabric dedicated only for the restoration of the very beautiful Gothic cathedral of Freiburg in southern Germany. And why, why did you start in stone? Everybody was asking me, why, what, what will I study? And <laughs> after, after my high school grades, and I... I really didn't know what to study. I, I had a lot of joy already before to do something with my hands. It was not clear if it's really stone, but it was clear that I will do some artisan, some craft, and not so much brain work. <laughs> Does it come from your family? My father was a teacher, my mother a secretary, so not really, no. Maybe it comes but as a reaction to the fact that there was no tool in my house. The only tool, we had a pair of old pliers. <laughs> and whenever I wanted to fix my, or my, my little motorbike or whatever, I, I had to go to my friends and they were all super equipped. So I got a little bit this idea, oh, okay, it's not only about what you know to do with your hands, it's also a little bit about technique, about tools. <laughs> Can you tell me a bit about the restoration work you did? It was mainly... In sandstone, it was actually only in sandstone, so because this church is made in sandstone. We apprenticed, so the apprenticeship was three years where we worked only by hand, so no pressure, no, no electric power tools, no air pressure. Everything with really very old-fashioned hand tools, slow. But for learning, I still believe that learning something slowly, you learn it probably better. So it was a very good apprenticeship that I've had. So I had another year as a professional stone carver there, and then I left to Italy. 
brought you to Italy? Uh, a possibility, like many times in, <laughs> in life. A possibility to get a, a place from another artist who wanted to leave and he wanted to hand the place over. It was a lovely old fattoria, not far from here, 15 kilometers in Stiava, where I could just stay and, and carve my own things. So, because uh, that's what I wanted to try to, to make my own art. And how long did you do that? I moved in 95 to Italy. I've, I tried more or less for a year to make my own art. I've known my wife very quickly. I've got a child very quickly. <laughs> the first of three. So that brought me a little bit back into my, my former profession as a stone carver, as a stone mason, as a craftsman. It was a little bit of a decision. Would you like to try to continue to make, to be an artist, or do you want to be an artisan and just try to develop this as much as you can, obviously? You know? And the second one was just more intelligent. <laughs> and then after that? I bought a house because the family was growing. The business was fine. I, I made good money here in Italy as a stone carver, freelance, helping wherever there was there was one needed in the companies. There were much more companies there, more than 20 years ago, and not so many workers anymore. So I was lucky. And what sort of work were they doing? Were they doing art or restoration or church work? What was the 20 so, years ago? Quite a lot of architecture, but most mostly private buildings. Italy doesn't restore in the same way churches or important buildings like we might do in Germany, or much less because they have so much of it, and they cannot afford to replace things. So they just try to maintain what they have. Private, yes, but private all over the world because you know Petra Santa is a place where they where the companies are working not only for Italy but for all over the place. Sometimes I didn't even know where my pieces will go. I got a bit more into ornament works, so fireplaces, uh, also some English uh, Victorian style. They are all over the, the world, these pieces, and I don't know where they are. <laughs> so am I right in thinking you're now, at this point, you, you would call yourself an artisan, is that right? You said there was a distinction that... Yes, yeah. With the difference, obviously, that an artist is... Um, supposed to create from the idea the entire piece I'm stepping in when the artist has for example only the idea and I help him or I 100% realize from an idea from a drawing, from a model, a maquette uh, or from a one-to-one -one sculpture uh, copying it uh, the, the marble piece or not only marble but also granite or other stones how does the communication process work? Is it, can I text you a photo? Or how do you like to work? And, no, and, since, and <laughs> since WhatsApp, it's changing. <laughs> um, it's good to be together with the artist, to talk personally with him or her about the piece. It's very important that both, would be fantastic, that both know that the piece is the important thing here, not not him or her or not me. No, I'm just, in the best case, I'm just a tool. A very 
complicated tool sometimes, but <laughs> sophisticated if you want so. I think so. But um, it's lovely if an artist knows what he did. To use me just, okay, Christian, this is what you're going to do here. I know, okay, try try this, try that. If, if he gives me input, because he knows stone, he knows the material, he knows, actually, he would know to do it by himself or by herself, but doesn't have the time, for example, or not the power, because too old. Well, that's interesting, yes. Old <laughs> age does take that power away. So what sort of challenges have you had with artists who perhaps don't understand what can and can't be done with stone? How does that go if, uh, if an artist asks you to do something that's probably not possible? Yeah, it happens almost all the time. Uh, just to, already the choice of the marble gets very difficult because people think they see one piece of marble and they want to have it maybe exactly like this. But even if I know where the quarry is, I know I know exactly the stone, but the stone will be different because nature always invents something new. And even the same quarry doesn't give the same quality of stone uh, one day after another. So many people doesn't know how complicated it, it is to find the right material and the right size. Even you think every, the whole Versilia is full with marble. But be sure that you never find the piece you need. <laughs> never. <laughs> and I guess also all the marbles behave, behave differently, or all the different stones behave differently, because you don't need to use local marble, am I right? Because of the infrastructure here, there's access to an awful lot of choice. The local marble is already so rich of different possibilities. We, I think we use 90% local marble, with more than 80 quarries working for sculpture, maybe only 10 are really interesting, 10, 20 maximum. They are all, it's all lovely material compared to other materials that come from from all over the, the world and we, we work everything here. It is also an important marketplace. So we, we have access to any material rather here than anywhere else in the world. Most of the artists, and I can understand that, like an homogeneous white, nice white. And then the quarries are getting really few. So the other quarries are supplying, what, kitchens and industrial yeah, use? Yeah. You know, I think 99.9% of the marble goes into, into in, in other uses. We are really, really small fishes here. <laughs> for the marble industry. <laughs> so would you help a client, you'd go out and help them choose the marble or you'd point them to an expert to choose a bit of marble? Normally I get the, the commission to do it. It's lovely if I can choose it together with a, with a client, also for sharing a little bit of responsibility of what we have chosen. Because they, it, it's many times that we, we begin I think it's right, it's the right stone and something coming, it's coming up or just he changed or she changed the mind and oh no, I don't like that actually. And, and uh, it's, If you started already and you've bought the stone and there's a lot of damage, uh, there can be a lot of damage. And then, so you start the piece and uh, how does the consultation go from there with the artist? 
how goes? How, how does the consultation? How do you do you meet with them? Chat with them weekly, daily, monthly? Our um, the best is uh, just at the beginning and and at the end when the. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, I send pictures if if the artist is not here, or the artist comes by every now and then. Um, some artists come quite a lot every day, but it's really a, a personal thing, and and it depends a bit on the. Uh, um, you say of of the piece obviously and and do you have a preference for what kind of work you do figurative abstract or? I would love to do more figurative work also because of the thing that challenged me more um, there is just not so much around it's more, more expensive takes much more time we're chatting in June 2019. What what changes have you noticed in the last three years, say, of three in the to last five how many years? years? I don't know. How oh, many since years I'm here. <laughs> yeah, why not since you're here? Yeah, okay. Uh, Pietro Santa changed quite a lot from... It was already changing when I was coming, but from a town that was living from, from the from the artisans, from the carving, from but also the bronze foundry and into a, a bit more posh uh, restaurant place <laughs> where people come and have a nice evening uh, in the summer. So there are only, and one is our place, only few places left in town where you still can see this, this art and this uh, profession uh, in a, yeah, I think in a lovely way where we stay because it's not only marble, there's also mosaic and bronze all together. And what about the type of work that you're being asked to do? How's that changed recently? Apart my activity like a, a teacher in a workshop, my, my own organized workshop, which is more and more requested. So more and more people from all over the world like to, to carve with me or realize things, if it's just possible in a couple of weeks to, to learn the basic things and take something with you that is uh, properly made. You know? There's a lot of much more organizing, much more time goes into emails, sending pictures. The entire media world is... I, I had days 10 years ago where I was carving from, from the morning at 7 to the evening at 6 without anybody disturbing me and anything disturbing me. This is, this is past. <laughs> The artisan skills generally, you know, like how you learnt what's changing and how you're passing on. Mm. A very, very complex question. I, I hope you have time. Um, so as, as I told you, I learned to do everything by hand and I think it was a lovely occasion. But I understand that we cannot give this possibility to, to, to the people anymore. There's not enough work for getting enough assistance or trainees to help us and to pay them properly because the work is not paid very much. It's a bit of a problem that we have to push young people or whoever wants to be trained quite quickly into production. They have to learn quickly. New technology 
was coming up 10 years ago with the uh, robo computerized milling machine that can rough out, that can set points, come quite close to a sculpture's end. Uh, there is average 50% left of handwork then, if you take it seriously. I've seen sculptures where this was reduced to 10% handwork because they just wanted to deliver it. They were looking, from my point of view, quite ugly. This is a bit the direction where it goes. So produce more, more quantity, less quality. But if you think that what we take today as a the traditional tool at all is our air hammer with all kind of different chisels. hundred years ago, this was considered a devil's tool by the old artisans who said, no, 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 you won't use that thing. It will spoil you. It will, it will make everything horrible. And you have to work by hand, really, with a hammer and your chisel in your hand. And, and I can see the difference of sculptures. I don't want to judge anything of all this development, of all this new stuff. But I think we at least have to, to admit that it will change our pieces. When I use a new tool, the art, the aesthetic will change. Uh, and that happens right now with a robo. The more we know of the entire range from the very, very basic and fundamental and old hand working up to the super high-tech computer, the, I think the better, obviously, we can uh, choose what is the right thing here to do. If I have to restore or, or make an, an old sculpture new, but in the same way, so a, maybe a very important restoration work, I have to make a research first. What tools did they use 500 years ago? No. Otherwise, I, I'm risking to make a mess with it. <laughs> so you learned from the artisans um, when you first came here. Yeah, I was lucky to have some of the old artisans next to me working in the, all the different companies I was working. I think you said something when we were chatting the other day about you learned from Italians, but the Italians, young Italians, aren't training up anymore. Is that so? It's more foreigners. Now I'm training. Uh, I'm trying to hand it over, but I, I have to... Almost all of my young assistants are from abroad. Fantastic young people with a lot of uh, enthusiasm and, and uh, motivation. But they will leave, obviously, or most of them will leave the, the area again and come to, and go back to their, to their place. Almost no Italian. No. Why is that? I think it wasn't considered in the last generation, so my generation and maybe the generation before, it wasn't considered uh, a good job. It was just something where you get dirty. And the, the, the amazing craftsmen, really people, I, I would never have the skill like them, maybe turned back home, came back home in the evening and were telling their, their children, don't never do that. You, know, you won't make any money. It's just tiring. So try to get a doctor or to become, uh, I don't know, sell iPhones. <laughs>
So thanks to Christian. You can see his work on his website at marbleartwork.com. For photographs of all the work discussed in this series, follow our Instagram or visit our website materiallyspeaking.com where you can sign up to our mailing list to hear about upcoming episodes. Editorial thanks to Michael Hall.